Hi friends, welcome to Moments to Ponder. This is a podcast designed to help you spend a few moments in God's Word wherever you are and take away something to ponder. We live in a loud, busy world that makes it hard to find time to get into the Word of God. So I'm grateful for these few moments we have together to ponder the book of Philippians. I'm Betsy Marvin, and this is episode 89. Our section of verses for today are 12 through 18 of Philippians 2. Paul has just finished sharing a beautiful hymn about Jesus, and he uses the previous poetry to remind the Philippians of the gospel. Then he reminds them that they have to grow into maturity and own their faith. It's time to take responsibility for what they believe and actually live it themselves. Have you ever had something laid out in front of you and you think, (laughs) Bless your heart. How in the world will I do that? I wonder if that's where the Philippians find themselves. But as Paul goes into the verses for today, he actually shows them how. He says, Dear friends, you have always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I'm away, it's even more important. He continues to say, Work hard to show the results of your salvation obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Paul is mirroring what he just said about Jesus. Be obedient. Do the will of the Father. When we live like our salvation matters, when we remember that God is at work transforming our hearts and minds to align with His, then we're living with the attitude of Christ. Paul goes on, Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then, on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. But I will rejoice even if I lose my life pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice, and I will share your joy. There is a lot in these verses that we could talk about today. But as I pondered them, verses 14 and 15 really grabbed my attention. Here's how they read in the message translation. Do everything readily and cheerfully. No bickering, no second-guessing allowed. Go out into the world uncorrupted, a breath of fresh air in this squalid and polluted society. Provide people with a glimpse of good living and of the living God. Carry the light-giving message into the night so I'll have good cause to be proud of you on the day that Christ returns. When I was growing up, My mom would use a couple different scriptures quite often in her parenting. One was the proverb, a soft answer turns away wrath. And then another, do everything without grumbling or complaining. I can remember rolling my inner eyes. I mean, when your mom quotes scripture, you can't really fight back. It was actually genius, right? We were reminded that a soft answer does de-escalate an argument. And with grumbling and complaining... We just stopped 
and did whatever chore it was. This simple phrase framed how I see complaining. Not that I don't do it, but that I realize how much this type of language affects how I see the world and how I see others. So take a moment. How many times have you grumbled or complained just in the past few days? Or even today? Hmm. I would also add, who are you complaining to? I feel like our world thrives on complaining and arguing right now. There will always be things to complain about, but our attitude can either be a shining light, a breath of fresh air in this crooked, polluted society, or we can join in with the rest of the complainers. I was curious, so I looked up what complain means. It's to express grief, pain, or discontent, to express dissatisfaction or annoyance about something. We do need to express our grief and pain, but it's the mindset that's the problem. Complaining is speaking of whatever it is without the courage to change anything. We've all met someone that seems to like to complain, meaning they like to talk about what's wrong or what's bothering them, but they don't actually do anything about it. It reminds me of Eeyore. So how can Christ followers be a breath of fresh air if we continually focus on negatives? Now for clarification, venting is addressing an issue in such a way that you are seeking an answer, an action. You get it out and you're seeking change or advice. That's venting about something. But when we wallow in complaining, we bring on an attitude of defeat and frustration. If we want to stop complaining, we have to have the courage to face life and do something about it. Paul's description of the world in these verses refers back to Deuteronomy 32. It's it's a nod to the complaining and arguing among the Israelites as they went through the wilderness. They lost sight of all that God provided for them and focused in on their discomfort and complained over and over again to Moses. N.T. Wright says it this way about these verses. He says, Paul sees the church as the people of the new exodus, brought out of the Egypt of sin and death through the Passover action of God in Jesus. And now on the way home to the real promised land, it's time and they're going to get it right which is still the challenge today. I mean, the Philippians were arguing and grumbling against each other, and that wasn't the way God's children should live. They needed to be examples showing a community that's shaped by love. Have you ever noticed that complaining begets complaining? That as you listen to someone share their complaints, then you find yourself thinking, yeah. And before you know it, you're complaining to someone else about the same thing. I mean, it's a habit. And when we begin this habit, the world never seems right enough. So what do we do? Our world is full of complaining and arguing. Social media, the news, our families, our churches. There's disruption and challenges everywhere. Paul's world had its fill of this too. Yet he speaks of joy. And he wants the Philippians to adopt that attitude. Joy not based on circumstances, but in the reality of Jesus and his gifts and love. A few years ago, I read the devotional based on Anne Voskamp's book, 1,000 Gifts. It was a game changer 
or I should say a mind changer. Paul will address this more in chapter four, but I can't help but reference gratitude here because gratitude is the antidote for complaining. Gratitude gives perspective into disputes. It shifts our minds and reminds us of where our true focus should be. In her book, Anne speaks of writing out 1,000 gifts, things she's grateful for, even in the midst of trauma and hard. And she shares this research. When we express gratitude, our brain releases dopamine and serotonin, the two critical neurotransmitters responsible for our emotions. By continually practicing gratitude every day, we can help these neural pathways to strengthen. Research concludes people who express gratitude have been shown to have a higher volume of gray matter in their right inferior temporal gyros. I know, great science. Gray matter in the brain serves many functions, but it's primarily responsible for processing information. So why does this matter? Because when our brain is focused on thanks, it turns on all the lights in the dark. It literally changes our brain, which then helps us to be the shining lights our dark world needs. By contemplating the gifts and goodness of God with thanksgiving, we strengthen our ability to see the good in our lives. This moves us towards sharing and passing on those gifts, the grace, the goodness of God, so that we can go out into the world uncorrupted, a breath of fresh air in this squalid and polluted society, providing people with a glimpse of good living and of the living God, as Paul wrote. Reading that book prompted me to start a gratitude journal, which I still write in almost every day. I know many people that keep one. And for me, as I look back, I can really see how it's changed how I think. It's changed where I focus. And if, as you ponder this podcast today, if you find that complaining is a challenge for you, then I encourage you to begin a gratitude journal. Write something every day. You'll be amazed at what you start to notice in your world. Here are some words from Anne in a recent blog that she wrote. When your eyes are on God, your heart bursts into a flame of thanks, and thanks burns back the dark. When your eyes are on God, your eyes see gifts. And if eyes are on God, how can a heart not fill with thanks? Gratitude is an overflow of keeping eyes on Him. When your eyes keep seeing gifts of grace, you're given the courage to keep going. Do we know how much our eyes, our attention is fixed on Him? We know it by how much gratefulness is in our hearts. Giving thanks is always worth it because the fight for joy is always worth it and God is always worthy of it. The only way to not grow old and bitter is to have habits that protect all the hard from making your heart hard. And the way to keep your heart soft in a hard world is to keep giving thanks through the hard things. I found that the Christian life being a light in this dark world is really hard, but it's best done through the lens of thankfulness. The lens of gratitude lets us see hope because it lets us see the face of God still here. 
And that's where joy lives. Remembering the words of Paul from our verses today. Do everything readily and cheerfully. No bickering, no second-guessing allowed. Go out into the world uncorrupted, a breath of fresh air in this squalid and polluted society. Provide people with a glimpse of good living and of the living God. Carry the life-giving message into the night so I'll have good cause to be proud of you on the day that Christ returns. Dear one, may you take a moment today to put your focus completely on God. May you catch yourself as something of a complaint starts to come out of your mouth. And may your mind ponder the things in your day that you can be thankful for. And then work on pointing your heart to the one that you can thank for those things. We have a God who is always at work to transform our hearts and minds toward Christ. So allow him to give you new eyes today. New eyes to see your world and yourself through his eyes of love. Amen. You can find the quotes that I took from Ann Voskamp's blog in the show notes under the link provided there if you would like to read more. May you find gratitude today.